I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Come on! Let's get pumped! Hey, you're listening to Known For, a filmography podcast. With me, Becca Chapman, and my co-host... Hello, this is Bob Shoy. So this week's episode is, um, we're looking at the filmography of the actor Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell, this was your choice. Yeah. Why did you choose Sam Rockwell, Rebecca? Because I think um, he's a bit underrated. He comes up in like a lot of amazing films and I wanted to find out a bit more about like his back catalogue and what else he'd been in and stuff. You know what I find odd about Sam Rockwell? Mm. Whenever you say, just like, pretty much everyone I speak to, they say, oh, I really like Sam Rockwell. Yeah. And everyone you talk to always says he's so underrated. Yeah. Like, everyone says he's underrated. So is he really? When's he going to become... But he's not a leading man. No. We've noticed that, like, in watching through a lot of these films, like, there's not many that he has a lead role in. Yeah. But um, I looked at a few interviews of him and stuff in preparation for this, and he says, like, he he didn't really ever want to be, like, an actor-actor, like a leading man actor okay. but he also wanted the notoriety of a well-respected actor so mm. it's a really difficult balance the closest thing he described it to like he wanted to be considered along the same lines of like um gary oldman mm. where he's like a character actor who plays big characters yeah but he doesn't always get like leading roles yeah but he's still really well respected i think he's done a pretty successful job to emulate that career then i suppose yeah i would say he's getting there now like he's yeah. especially in recent years where he's he's won well, he won an Oscar for a supporting act, a supporting role yeah. a few years ago, and that sort of got him more recognised. But he's been in a lot of really good films. Mm. Um, yeah, so in, in case uh, you're new to the podcast, what we do is uh, we, we look on IMDb at the top four films that the actor's known for. We sort of mm. discuss those, um, and then we work our way through their back catalogue, their filmography, and sort of lay our thoughts on their films. Pick out some personal gems. Yeah, and then we sort of come down on what our top four are. And the top four we think they should be known for if mm. they're different to what IMDb suggests or yeah. whatever. So Sam Rockwell's top four at the moment are Moon, 2009. Right. Three Billboards, uh, 2017. Can I have the full title of that, please? Is it? <laughs> I forget the title. Uh, three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, yep. 2017. Uh, Seven Psychopaths, which is 2012, and Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, so, should we just go through them one by one, first of all? Go straight into it? Yeah, it's been a long time. So, let's start with Moon. It's been a long time since I watched Moon. But right. it always sticks in my mind as just an absolutely fantastic performance by Sam Rockwell. 
in terms of Sam Rockwell, we say don't give many leading roles, but that's this is it's like a one man show. Yeah, totally. Um, so the premise is basically um, this astronaut um, has a three year stint on the moon. His co star is a robot um, voiced by Kevin Spacey. Because Kevin Spacey, um, uh, I don't want to get too much into Kevin Spacey, controversial figure these days, but he really believed in this film. I think I think he mm-hmm. helped fund it. Yeah, if I remember rightly, because he's done a lot of work towards like indie films. Because mm. uh, Moon's directed by Duncan Jones, it was the first Duncan Jones film. Okay. So um, the son of David Jones, aka David Bowie. Oh wow. And um, so this was his first film. Mm. And um, yeah, and it, obviously wanted to get it made and Kevin Spacey was really interested in the project and that's mm. why you end up voicing the robot. It's a really that. amazing storyline. Um, and whilst on the moon, this, um, Sam Rockwell's character, Sam Bell, um, has to send back like resources to Earth to like help. Um, like the power situation, I think it mm. is there, like whatever the power resources he's sending back are. Yeah, in terms of spoilers, we've actually been told um, by listeners, don't worry it. about spoilers, like, yeah. these are old films, and most, a lot of them are, but I think, I don't want to give too much away for films, because a lot mm. of these, because I've also had, listeners have also said, you've made me want to check out films I hadn't seen before, and so if you are watching these films for the first time, you should really experience them, so I'll try not to ever really give away anything more than the giveaway in the trailer. Mm. Um, so I guess for Moon, you can say he finds a body while he's up there, and the body is... A, a doppelganger for himself yeah so the film sort of concentrates on like the last he's got two weeks to go until he returns to earth and all these events unfold and yeah he finds a body mm. and that's not a spoiler that's in the trailer mm. uh, I'm not going to keep banging on about spoilers some people say go for it some people don't mm. I'm going to err on the side of caution and not give more than is revealed in trailers like enough to wet your whistle without talking about big twists and things mm. Um, but yeah, great film. Yeah. Uh, basically a one-man show, Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Like, I would he say... He carries like, the whole film. Yeah, it is. I think it's one of my favourite sci-fi films, like easily in my top ten sci-fi films mm. ever. So like, if you haven't seen Moon, mm. go watch Moon. Yeah, it's really good. So the uh, next uh, known for for Sam Rockwell is... Um... Oh, hang on a sec. I just want to say about Moon before we move on. Um, so I said it was directed by Duncan Jones and mm. it was written by Duncan Jones. And how, the, how it came about actually is Duncan Jones was such a big fan of Sam Rockwell mm. and thought he was underrated and underused and didn't have enough like big roles. Right. So he wrote this film specifically for him oh wow so like that's where the character's named Sam like he mm. plays Sam so he he was trying to talk he talked to him like in talks back and forth like what about this film what about this role yeah. what about that and in the end he just ended up writing this film for Sam Rockwell with Sam Rockwell in mind that's cool and it ended yeah. up being like a, a huge hit it yeah. reminds me of the, the the journey of it reminds me of something a bit, a bit like uh, Donnie Darko mm. whereas on the cinema it wasn't like a big thing Mm. But through word of mouth afterwards, I remember when it came out on like DVD or Blu-ray, a lot of people were like, oh, you got to check out. It's like check a slow out. burn. And then it become now it's like a really famous film. Mm. But it wasn't like an instant hit. Mm. But yeah, well, uh, moving on to the next one. What was the next one? So the next uh, the next one is um, Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri, mm-hmm. um, which came out in 2017. 
and basically it follows the um, story of this mother um, who challenges like the local police about so her daughter was like murdered and they're failing to sort of do anything, take action in response to her murder. Um, and it, yeah, it's pretty, it's, a, it's an amazing story and she gets quite like inflammatory like uh, with the local police and authorities and, you know, sort of forcing them to take action. I find that this film seems to be a little bit um, hit and miss for people though. Okay. I know some people, like friends, just even just taking in friends of mine without looking at the critical consensus or whatever or public response, like mm-hmm. I have friends that say, oh, I couldn't stand that film. It was awful. Wow. And also people that say, like, that was their favourite film of that year. Mm. And it's fantastic and all that stuff. Yeah. So it is a little bit like um, like Marmite as a mm. film. I sort of landed somewhere in the middle. Right. Like, I thought it was all right. Mm. I think I, I quite liked it. Yeah, I, I remember you liking it, it way yeah. more than me. I didn't dislike it at all. I did actually mm. like it, but I didn't I didn't get the hype. Because when we yeah. watched it, it would have been, like, hyped quite. It was before, like, the little bit of backlash came about it. Like, some people saying, mm. oh, shit, actually. So Sam Rockwell plays, like, one of the police officers in the local local town, doesn't he? Yeah. He's sort of, he's not in command, he's sort of like second or third rung, like down. It's not, it's a bit it's not of a, it's like a small town, isn't yeah. it? He's a little bit of like a loose cannon. Yeah, I think he thinks he's... And like, uh, he again, like, he, he this is, like, Sam Rockwell is, um, he's like a real city boy. Like, he was born in New York, I think. Mm. His parents separated and he moved to San Francisco. Mm. And so he was between, like, San Francisco and New York. That's where his parents lived. Mm. But he is always typecast, as he says, as, quote, Hicks and Bumpkins. Mm. He always plays, like, that. this is really one of those sort of roles where he's, you know... Yeah. A Hick like a <laughs> slash small, Bumpkin. Small. Yeah, he does play quite a lot of those, like, stereotypical characters, which is kind of bizarre, but... Um, yeah, so he causes quite a lot of trouble for um, Francis McDormand's character, which is, like, the mother, um, and they kind of... Um, but heads quite a lot. Yeah, again, like, this is a supporting role, which is very big in character, mm. which is what he sort of gets cast as. Yeah. Um, so this is really like Frances McDormand's main character, and mm. it's all about her, but he's, yeah, he sort of plays this um, cop who you sort of have a bit of a relationship with. You think he's a jerk, and then he sort of is more virtuous than that, mm. and then but does stupid things. Mm. So he's a real sort of like all over the place character. Mm. You don't know whether to sympathise with him or think he's a, a like an idiot or mm. or whatever because he makes some stupid decisions, but then he makes some good calls as well. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so yeah, really, I really like that film. Yeah, and this is the one that he won the Oscar for. Mm. This is his Oscar winning performance. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, best supporting actor, and this this was up for a lot of awards. Um, during them award seasons and mm. that was where a lot of people that was when suddenly he had the backlash coming out oh, it's not even a good film oh, it's not even like his best performance why is he only getting recognised for this but that's mm. like the Millhouse I knew the dog before it came to school thing like mm. oh I knew Sam Rockwell before he was cool like it's mm. just sharp <laughs> be happy that he, he even if you didn't like the film be happy that you an actor you like got some recognition yeah. after all these years and it was well deserved Yeah, it was a really good film I liked it a lot Yeah, and I, I thought it was alright a lot of people didn't like the ending Mm. Um, don't want to say why or why not, but mm. you get over here. No, you get over here. All right. What? Go, Dixon. 
What? I'm you do not allow a member of the public to call you a fuckhead in this station house. That's what I'm doing. I'm taking care of it in my own way, actually. Now get out of my ass. Mrs. Hayes, have a seat. What is it I can do for you today? Where's Denise Watson? Denise Watson's in the clank. On what charge? Possession. Of what? Two marijuana cigarettes. Big ones. When's the bail hearing? I asked the judge not to give her bail on account of her previous marijuana violations, and the judge said, sure. You fucking prick. You do not call an officer of law a fucking prick in his own station house, Mrs. A's. Or anywhere, actually. What's with a new attitude, Dixon? Your mama been coaching you? No. My mama doesn't do that. Take him down. You hear me? You did good, Dix. Yeah, I know I did. But yeah, that's that's three billboards. Mm. The next one is um, Seven Psychopaths. Yep. Which we watched recently. I, I had seen this when it came mm. out, but you you hadn't seen this, no, so we watched this uh, fairly recently. Yeah. So what did you think to this? I liked it. Like, really good. It was quite... Um, like watchable the whole way through, like like sort of drew you in. Yeah, um, it's a little bit. It's a weird tone. It's like a yeah. little bit wacky. Yeah. Sometimes, like I'm not a big fan of like wackiness. Yeah. Sometimes it edges on like a little bit wacky for me. I think it, I wouldn't say it was wacky. I'd just say it was a bit more like bizarre. Yeah. Like it's a bit weird. It's quite cartoony. Mm. And you've got this like triple lead of like Colin Farrell, Christopher Walken, and Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Which is a pretty great combo yeah and they really bounce off each other in a really fun way yeah. and then you got woody harrelson as sort of like the villain and character yeah so yeah, you've got some really, really fun performances all over the storyline's just like totally bizarre um it's fun i found some of the dialogue watching it now a little bit mm. um odd right um i don't know how i'm if i'm being oversensitive but i thought i don't know there was a lot of stuff from so i don't know if they would put that in the script now like mm-hmm. A lot of like anti talk and like, you know, using the word and stuff like that, which Mm. I was like, oh, I don't know if this dialogue will come out now, which you don't really hear in things now. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of odd. But then these people are supposed to be reprehensible. So is Mm. it intentional? You're supposed to not like these idiots. That's why they're saying these things or Mm. what. But um, yeah, I remember that. I'm not noticing that the first time, but this time... Obviously, social more awareness are different things. You mm. become aware of more, more sensitive to things. Or yeah, whatever. it was a little bit jarring, I think. Yeah, but the the like I say the the way the the characters bounce off each other, the actors they chose are really fun. Yeah, and it's really good. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's a good film. It's worth a watch. So it follows um, basically Colin Farrell's character, who's like a um, aspiring. Like screenwriter, I think. Yeah, yeah, he's trying to um, write, he's trying to write Seven Psychopaths. Yeah. So the film is about the title of the film is based on the film his, he is writing yeah. in the film. And his friend, um, which is Sam Rockwell, Sam Rockwell's character, yeah. um, sort of tries to give him ideas and he's aid trying to him. inspire him all the time. Yeah. But trying to he's almost making real life into Events. a film to inspire yeah. him constantly. Yeah. And then um, they just they sort get of, tangled up with this dog. They're dog nappers, aren't they? Yeah. Well, Sam Rockwell's character is a dog napper. Him and Christopher Walken have like a... Christopher Walken's like his boss almost, and they have But they just work together, like Sam Nixon, and then he returns lost dogs for For the the reward reward. money Mm. to pay for his wife's cancer treatment. Yeah. 
so you've you've kind of got these morals mm. jarring against each other yeah. the whole way through and they sort of they nick the wrong dog it's one of them it's a bit like a john wicky thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah it's really cool and then they end up just like I mean, the, the final just... act, it's got a lot of like meta commentary, like, oh, the final mm. act has just got to be explosive. They're all talking about the final act's got to be crazy. Yeah. And then Colin Farrell in the film is like, oh, how about we just really make it more interesting? And how about if the final act of my film was just like, you know, these people sitting around in a desert talking? Yeah, yeah. And then it kind of and is it happens, that. Yeah, yeah. And then you kind of get a little bit of both, to be mm. honest. Um, but that whole thing. And you know, really cool. fun fact, the, you know, Sam Rockwell's wearing that weird hat when they're out in the desert. It's like a dog yeah. hat. That wasn't part of costume. Colin Farrell just bought it while they were like driving and found it funny. So Sam was wearing it in the scene. <laughs> Ended up making it into the film. That's pretty my cool. little tidbit. Bit of info. Uh, yeah, and it just like there's a, like the twist and it sort of unravels and it's a really good watch. Yeah, it's mm. a fun watch. It's not mm. like a masterpiece. It's not going to blow you yeah. away, but it's, it's a fun watch and you've got some like good performances. Tom Waits shows up in it as well for like a few scenes. And yeah, there's a lot of fun characters and mm. yeah, it's worth a watch. Hmm. But I can understand, like, some people are just like, it's not going to be for them. Yeah. It's a bit marmite. Yeah. Hmm. As Gandhi said... Oh, you not- too, if it ain't Gandhi. <laughs> Jesus Christ. An eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind. I believe that wholeheartedly. <laughs> no, it doesn't. There'll be one guy left with one eye. How's the last blind guy going to take out the eye of the last guy left who's still got one eye? All that guy has to do is run away and hide behind a bush. Gandhi was wrong. And then uh, what's the last of his known fours? So the last one is Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. I love this film. Mm. I love this film. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Right. So we didn't re we didn't do a rewatch of this. But we watched this fairly recently. We watched this like last year. Yeah. Feels like longer. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe uh, it was longer. I thought I thought it was fairly recent that we watched this, but I've seen this a few times. I've mm. probably watched this like three times. I, yeah. I really, really like this film. It's uh, basically a biography or it's interesting. It's about Chuck Barris, like the uh game show host. Yeah. Who who always said that he was secretly um an agent. And a hitman. Uh, yeah, like CIA. Yeah, yeah, so when Chuck Barris wrote his memoirs, in it he wrote these quote-unquote fake memoirs of his real life where he was actually, you know, a hitman and he would go on, when he did the like dating game or blind gate date, as it was in the UK, he, the where they went on their holiday was because that's where he needed to go to take out a hit mm. and all this stuff. So you've got Sam Rockwell portraying him in this, like, biography, quote-unquote biography which retells his memoirs that he wrote so Chuck Barris is a weird guy and they made a film out of his you know fake memoirs Mm. or were they fake some people believe it's all true so it's really fun and it was um, produced by George Clooney I think George Clooney had some involvement in it yeah director directed by George Clooney there you go yeah George Clooney does like some surprisingly great films Mm. and um, and this is one of them this is this is a really good film I like this film a lot yeah so yeah did pretty well and you get a little bit of um, something I want to talk about, which is one of Sam's signatures. Mm. You get a little bit of his dancing in this. Yeah. And, I um, love that so much. There's so many films where... He has a little boogie. Sam has a little boogie. And he's sort of known for that. If I you type it. Sam Rockwell into YouTube, the next word is dancing. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> good. Searched. I wonder if he like, stitched all of his dancing together. It would actually 
He's well, got like I know I've watched so many of these films in quick succession with his dances. I've noticed he's got some like go-to moves oh, that yeah. he does the whole time. He does like the back and forth legs. Yeah, yeah. He does the jump up and does the splits. Yeah. Uh, he does like the spin and the little jive. Like he yeah. has these signature moves so that he good. chucks in. I love it. Um, I'll, I'll talk there's something else I want to say about dancing but I think I'll come to it later when that film is relevant right um, but we'll point out any <laughs> try and point out any times he dances in a film <laughs> but he does a bit of boogieing because he's you know Chuck Barris drinking on stage yeah. like mm. you know, chucking and driving for all the audience members on the game shows and stuff so mm. This next act answers the age-old question. If you wear a cellophane, if you... Okay. If you wear a cellophane suit, can people clearly see you're nuts? I don't know. A little humor, folks. But uh, Confessions is a really, really good film. Mm. So this is a really strong known for mm-hmm. um, on IMDb. Cool. Is there any other um, sort of things you want to say about Sam Rockwell before we go into the actual filmography um, as a person, as an actor, or as anything about him? No, I just, yeah, I just like, I was going to say about his dancing. Yeah. It's just like a really memorable like thing. He just kind of like shoehorns into stuff sometimes, but in a. I think, I think directors try and put it in. Yeah. I think they say, do, do a bit of your dancing. Really? Yeah. They try and write it in. Yeah. Um, yeah, never dancing. Like I say, he as he quotes, he uh, plays a lot of Hicks and Bumpkins, even mm. though that's totally not him in real life. Yeah. Um, plays also plays a lot of like unstable characters. And mm. uh, we'll get into a few of them. I guess like the character in in Three Billboards is a little bit unstable. Mm. He's unpredictable, like yeah. quite crazy. Like he's you can see the Gary Oldman influence in him. Yeah. You think of Gary Oldman when he's really. The roles where he's a bit more nutsy, Unhinged, like yeah. uh, like Leon or something. Yeah, the way he's in that, I see a lot of that in Sam Rockwell. So you can see that influence, that influence. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and he does a lot of small movies. Does a lot of small indie indie movies. Yeah, um, which is good. He props up in some really interesting films. Mm. Cool. Let's take a break and then we can take, go back and have. Yeah, we'll scroll down and, and work through his filmography. Discuss the ones that we watched. Cool. So um, this is more, I guess, the flow of episodes going forward. Because if mm. you think of Tom Hanks' episode, yeah. we watched every film. Yeah. You think of Meryl Streep, we wanted to watch all the ones she was nominated for, which was a hell of a lot of films. Yeah. So we haven't watched as many. We've definitely skipped some of his, quite a lot of his early stuff. Yeah. Um, like, there were more like smaller roles or TV appearances. Yeah. Um, the, the first actual film he was in... Mm. I wonder if you have any knowledge of Clown House no. from 1989. No. No, I've never seen it either. Before I was born. I just wanted to read you the synopsis because I, I, I didn't hunt it down for us to watch. Um, I sort of skipped it. When, what I do is when we choose, we sort of write down all the films between us that we've seen. Or if one of us has seen it, then we say to the other one, oh, you should watch this. And, right, yeah. And then we sort of, if they've been awarded any nominations, if any listeners suggest any. Mm. Um, and then sometimes I just scroll through IMDb and think, well, what looks interesting? What's mm. like a recent film he's in? What's like an early film? And a lot of them, are, like Clown House, I just thought, nah, mm. I don't need to watch that. But um, I looked it up for actually the first time today. I didn't even click on it when we were looking at the films to mm. watch. But the synopsis is, 
just before Halloween, three young brothers alone in a big house are menaced by three escaped mental patients who have murdered some traveling circus clowns and taken their identity. Oh my god, that sounds terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we skipped it. That's not my jam. No, so yeah, Sam Rockwell in 1989 mm. um, being terrorized by some clowns. He also had a short like bit in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which um, was one of your faves growing up. Well, yeah, like I loved this film. Mm. I was a big, um, you know, child of the 90s, I guess. I was mm. born in 1988. So I grew up through Turtle Mania and was a Turtle Maniac. I loved all that stuff. And this first movie, I loved. Yeah. I loved a lot. Yeah. Um, but obviously, I only realized it was Sam Rockwell recently. Yeah. Like, when after you said, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I looked at the clips of that and was like, oh, my God, that is him. He plays, he hasn't even got a name. His character is Head Thug. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I just, show, before we started recording, I just showed you a clip yeah. of him. I'll put a little clip in now of him um, offering standard or menthol cigarettes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there we go, Sam in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So the first film um, that we watched um, from his was uh, Box of Moonlight. Yeah. Um, which was uh, 1996. Yeah, this was sort of his breakout role, really. Yeah. Which is why we started this. I, I, the little films he's done before that, I didn't really want to go into. I wanted to do, like, this is the one, but... It wasn't like a big, big film, but it got a lot. Put of, him on the map. It a got a lot bit. of critical acclaim and got mm. him noticed because it is really like a two-man show. Yeah. Um, he plays a character called the Kid, who's mm. just known as the Kid. Um, plays alongside John Turturro. John Turturro, yeah. So that he, he's yeah, it's just, it's just sort of those two. It's just Sam and John. Um, mm. It's really good. He's so young in it, though. Like Sam Rockwell, so young in it. It's really interesting. He plays sort of like this. Yeah, like this hick kid who lives, yeah, in, the lives woods. in a caravan in the woods. Yeah. Well, it's barely a caravan. It's sort of like half a caravan yeah, and yeah. the back is like missing. I was really surprised by this film. Yeah. I me loved too. this film. It was I, really good. I really liked it. It felt like a little bit of like a proto Wes Anderson y sort of film. Mm. So I can understand that people might not like it. They yeah. like that sort of quirky. Yeah. Because those sort of films are more about, they don't have to be realistic characters so much, mm. I don't think. It's more. So John Turturro's yeah. character basically, like, he finds a great hair and then he sort of has, like, a midlife crisis. Yeah. And sort of, like, the project that he's working on he's is like an engineer. He's a construction surveyor, right? Or an yeah, engineer, he's like yeah. a yeah, construction engineer. And his project basically gets cancelled. Mm. So he has, like, I think it's like four or five days yeah. before he has to get home. And instead of saying to his partner, like, I'm coming home now, he sort of does a bit of, like, a nostalgic road trip. Yeah, he tries to hunt in... down, like, an old lake that he used to visit as a child to have a little bit of a nostalgia first. Yeah. But he... Um... He just runs into Sam Rockwell's character, who's, like, he's broken, broken down. down. yeah. Yeah, and um, they just sort of, like, build this relationship over a few days. Like, initially, it's quite, like, a frustrating um, kind of entanglement between the two, like... Well, Sam Rockwell almost like keeps him, well, the kid almost keeps him like hostage. Because he says, will you yeah. give me a, will you tow my car back to my home? Yeah. By the time they get it's like there, it's really late at night and in the middle of nowhere. Mm. And he's like, you, you, you just stay here because he doesn't know how, where to go from yeah. there. So he's like, just stay the night here. And then he ends, he loses his keys mm. for his car and he ends up staying there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, at the beginning, it's sort of like, oh, this is a real like pain 
Yeah. Um, and it's a bit of a nuisance. But actually, after they spend more and more time together, they build this relationship. And he's sort of like finding excuses to stay. Yeah, he like warms to him a lot. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is because he's such like a, a buttoned down character. Mm. He's really like fixated on time yeah. and making notes and mm. like a real anal character. When Sam Rockwell's character comes in, it's sort of a breath of fresh air. Yeah, and he's, he's so different. Like, Free spirited. Helps him lighten up. Yeah. And uh, he really appreciates that. It sort of changes his life by mm. showing him to just be more relaxed. Yeah. Um, Carefree. But the, the Sam Rockwell's character is so fun. He wears like a cowboy outfit the whole time and a raccoon skin hat. Yeah, yeah. He's wearing this like onesie. <laughs> yeah. And then they steal all these like tomatoes and <laughs> when they're walking back from yeah, like yeah. going swimming in this like gorge and stuff. Yeah, they just, it's just like watching their sort of like four or five days together being yeah. having It's fun. like, um, you know, uh, John's character is like, a teenager again they're sort yeah. of just having it's almost like he's having the fun he never had yeah and, and he... a bit mischievous but not like anything yeah. serious what's with the costume Buck? how'd you know it was a costume is it yeah 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 i was an actor for a while in this play about davy crockett in the olden days you played davy crockett yeah no i mean i'm I played some guy standing around with a rifle, but one night I tried on Davy's costume, and it fit me so perfect, I just took it. The main point I wanted to bring up about this one is that um, you see Sam's dingus in this. Oh. His dinger comes out. <laughs> he goes full frontal. Yeah. And not just like, oh, you get a glimpse, he's just walking around naked. Yeah. Which I was like a bit taken aback by. Well, you know, he's young. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> when they're jumping in the swimming hole... Yeah. You know, John's character is like... A bit more reserved. Yeah, a bit more reserved. And then Sam just takes all his clothes off and jumps in the, <laughs> jumps in the swimming hole. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he struts around naked for a few scenes in the film, which is mm. quite funny. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, interesting about that, um, and is there anything else you want to say about Box and Moonlight? No. No? So what's interesting about that, the next film chronologically we watched was Lawn Dogs. Yeah. Which also has Sam living in a caravan in the middle of the woods as a bit of an outcast and he jumps in the water completely butt naked. Yeah. So it's like two films, like a year removed for each other where, yeah, Sam's dinger is on the screen. Um, yeah, that, I really like Lawn Dogs. The, did you? Um, I did, yeah. It's such a weird storyline. He sort of works in this closed community as a like lawnmower person. I suppose because in a, you don't really get it in the UK, but in America, I suppose the properties are so huge. You employ, if you can employ well, somebody. Well, a lot of them closed communities, I think mm. you have the guy that goes around and does the lawns. The maintenance. Yeah, the like, known as crew, lawn yeah. dogs. Yeah. So, um, and then he ends up befriending like a 10 year old girl but it's mm. nothing it's not like malicious or like you'd have thought like obviously the community is just like oh this is disgusting like it's bizarre like this relationship shouldn't happen but, but actually, he tells her to keep it a secret she wants to be friends of him mm. and he knows it doesn't look good yeah but then he sort of warms to her and actually yeah. likes her company because her parents are like very stifling of her yeah. and she really her parents are awful yeah she really doesn't um kind of relate to them at all no. but i think she definitely relates to him and the fact that he just like lives to his means and he's like really honest with her and like open. But he knows that the town would have an issue oh, yeah. with him hanging out with this kid. Yeah. Because he's like scum to them anyway. Yeah. So he's sort of like, okay, we can be friends. 
but it has to be a secret, which yeah. then is even worse. Yeah. You've got a secret friendship with a little girl. Yeah. So you, yeah, there's like an uncomfortable air to it. Mm. But um, it's a really interesting. And he's got like, there's two sort of like well-to-do like young men in the area who take it upon themselves to kind of make yeah, his like life. Brat, yeah. jerk, jock teens. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a really interesting like relationship between sort of like, I guess, upper and lower class societies. Well, I, I made sure to hunt down this one and Box of Moonlight because mm. I was like, okay, they came out with an ear of each other mm. and they're both really critically acclaimed small indie films yeah. which sort of gave him, made him get noticed. Mm-hmm. And I thought, based on the synopsis and what I'd heard about it, I thought, okay, I think I'm going to really like Lawn Dogs. Mm. I think I'm not going to be so keen on Box of Moonlight. But it was the other way and around. And the other way around. Like, oh, okay. I absolutely loved Box of Moonlight. Yeah. I love that film. It was one of my favourites that we watched. Um recently mm. and lawn dogs i just didn't really care for and i felt like i really wanted to like it yeah but i i never even by really. the end i was just like what a weird film like it never made me go oh fantastic really mm. underrated really yeah f- overlooked film i think the storyline was just so bizarre mm. and you can't really relate to it terribly much i suppose not that i could relate to wearing a onesie and a raccoon skin hat and then living in a caravan half a caravan in the middle of the woods as in box of moonlight but still the characters are similar but different though like yeah. in box of moonlight he's very carefree yeah if anyone um who listens to this also listens to my other podcast weird tales he reminds me a bit of tiss <laughs> <laughs> like very he doesn't care yeah He's like crumbling up biscuits in a bowl for his breakfast and stuff, but doesn't care. Like he's not like, I have a bad life. He loves his life. Yeah. In Lawn Dogs, he's like not so happy with his life. Mm. He's just like, one day I'll get away from here. Yeah. So they're like two different sides of the same character. Yeah. And maybe I related more. I just enjoyed more like the fun character than the one who was kind of miserable a little bit. So um, after that... I mean, should we mention, like, he was in Midsummer Night's Dream, but we didn't watch that. We didn't, we were going to watch it, and then I watched the trailer. Like, I think we watched it when I studied it, when I was in school. Really? You watched this in school? Did you recognise it? Because we watched the trailer and was like, should we watch this? No. Uh, I was like 15, so I probably wouldn't have recognised him. It was an interesting cast. When I watched the trailer, I was like, Christian Bale. (laughs) Yeah, I don't really remember it. That was quite a long time ago. But um, I don't know what I thought about it either. That age. I, I, think, I think it was just like this is necessary like I've got to watch this for school so boring but I think Sam Rockwell's role in it is quite very small. small yeah yeah it's um Calista Flockhart isn't it as well that's in it yeah it's a really weird cast but yeah we didn't bother watching it so yeah I guess we don't really need to talk about it um but after that this when he so he had like he started getting known with Lawn Dogs and mm. uh, Box of Moonlight and then he really sort of became more known um but there's a few films he did in a row here Mm. that I would say got him known. Right. Um, the first being Green Mile. Yeah. Which we spoke about on the pod before, Tom Hanks. But yep. that film is fantastic. Mm. I love that film. And Sam Rockwell, in this one especially, I think you can see that Gary Oldman influence where mm. he's just crazy and unhinged and he's screaming and being, you know, just vile. Yeah. It's Wild Bill. Mm. <laughs> I'll let him go. I'll just play him. I've never heard a hair on his pretty little head. Your noodle ain't limp at all, lover boy. I think you sweet on old Billy the kid. There's a bit where he, his ass is out as well. 
Mm. And as, um, <laughs> he requested, um, this isn't in my notes, but I just remember reading about it. He had requested that the makeup department put zits on his ass. <laughs> because in the book, the Stephen King book, it's described as he's like, his ass is covered oh, in really? zits or something. So he's like, can we put some zits on my ass for this thing? <laughs> it's just quite funny. Poor uh, makeup department. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, while his performance as Wild Bill's really sort of crazy, chaotic from fun, and he's disgusting. Yeah, like Wild Bill's disgusting. I applaud his authenticity to the character, though. Yeah, uh, but that Green Mile is a huge film. Mm. Yeah, and even though Wild Bill isn't like the main character, he's yeah. like a prominent part of that film. He's one yeah. of the cellmates. Again, it's like a big character in a smaller role. Like a big character is in like a big personality yeah. in like yeah. a smaller role. But, yeah, everyone um, remembers that character yeah. who's seen that film. Yeah. Um, the next one we watched is um, Galaxy Quest. Yes, which was so silly, so so silly. Well, this uh, is this was a really big really? role for him. Like yeah. Galaxy Quest was a huge hit. Mm. It's a really big film. I had never seen it until recently because I always look. Even though so many people I know are like, oh yeah, Galaxy Quest, great film. And every time I say I've never seen it, they're like, what you got to watch it and all that mm. stuff. And I always just looked at it and thought, uh, and, it looks um, like a big ball of cheese. Yeah, well, it's supposed to be. Yeah. That's the thing, but it's... Um, I don't know. When you say, like, wackiness, I'm not a big fan of wackiness. Yeah, yeah. This is, like, a little bit silly for me. Yes. Um, even though the cast is great. Yeah, it's a crazy good cast. Like, Alan Rickman is really, like, funny in it. Like, yeah. his character's really funny. Yeah. And um, I love Sigourney Weaver, and, like, it was, like, her playing this, like, sort of bimbo-ish character was really fun as well. Yeah. So, like, it was worth it for those bits alone. Mm. But it's really not my thing. But then I appreciated why it is other people's things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The other thing is I'm not a big Star Trek fan. Right. I've never really watched any Star Trek. It's like a homage to that genre. Yeah, and I think if you like Star Trek or if you're familiar with Star Trek, there are references that went way over my head that I didn't get. Oh, a lot of, like, Easter eggs and stuff. Yeah. I think if you like Star Trek, there's so much in this film for you. Mm. Yeah. But for me, yeah, Galaxy Quest... And I, I know there's listeners who are going to be furious that I said I didn't like it, but it was, I, I didn't dislike it. Like I watched it. It was fun. It was funny in like places. Like yeah, it was like just there was a little bit, me laugh. like you said, it was just a little bit too wacky. I could tell when I watched For it me. that they had, um, we said this, we watched it, that they definitely censored this. Yeah. There was like, there was sort of For hints, wider audience. hints at a darker tone. Right. And you could tell that it had been reshot in a way to bring the air rating down to get yeah. more viewers. There was definitely Sigourney Weaver. They edited out a fuck. There. Yeah. <laughs> when they like, did she run through like She the says fire? like, oh, fuck that or something. Yeah. But like... the lips, you can still read her saying fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they couldn't refilm, but the, they re-overdubbed it. Yeah. And it's like, well, screw that. Yeah. Or something. And there's a few bits like that. You could just still see the lips like swearing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I guess that's to like. Yeah, get it uh, approved for a wider audience. Yeah, and there was a few bits where I'm like, oh, I think that was a bit more gruesome in the real, in the original version. I can tell where they've like sort of cut that back mm. a little bit. But that's why I think because it was, it could have been so much more, um, not like, oh, I can't wait for it to be more gruesome, but I think it would have, like the juxtaposition between the comedy and then the more gruesome parts would have made it a better film. It's hard to pull off, though. Mm. I think the the way they ended up doing it, I think, is best for the audience they're going for. Mm. Um, but I, well, we're talking about the film in general rather than Sam Rockwell's involvement yeah, in it. But the um, 
his character in it. He's like the character because it's based on these character, these actors in the TV show, yeah, who were in a, in a basically a Star Trek TV show called yeah. Galaxy Quest. And he's he usually appears in like one episode, and he's sort of always like clinging onto that. Or was it, I can't remember if he appeared in one episode or he was supposed to be and got cut or mm. something like that. He played like a real minor role, yeah. but he clings onto them when they do their mm. sort of cons, their comic cons and stuff. Yeah. So when that they all get um, sort of abducted by this alien race who see the reruns of Galaxy Quest and think it's a documentary, yeah. and they're like, "We need your help. You're the crew of the, this ship, or whatever." Mm-hmm. And he comes along with them, and he's like, "I'm finally a part of it." Yeah. So he is sort of like this sort of funny, nothing character who keeps thinking he's going to die. Mm. I'm like the expendable one. Yeah, well, he keeps flip-flopping between like, I'm finally with the yeah. with the crew and then it's like, oh, dear God, we're going to die. Yeah, sort like, of thing. and he's like, if any of us are going to die, it's going to be me. I'm mm. literally written as cannon fodder and stuff. Yeah. You're not going to die on the planet, guy. I'm not? What's my last name? It's, uh, um, uh, I don't know. Nobody knows. Do you know why? Because my character isn't important enough for a last name. Because I'm gonna die five minutes in. Die? You have a last name. Do I? Do I? Yes. For all you know, I'm just crewman number six. Bobby! 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 Um, he said that he based that character on Bill Paxton's character from Aliens. Where he's like always terrified, like we're all gonna die, or that sort of thing. Oh, he's yeah. running around the gun. So he said that character is based on yeah, Bill Paxton and Aliens. Um, also of Sigourney Weaver, so yeah, but yeah, it's a fun watch. Yeah, I mean, if you have a like of sci-fi, sci-fi stuff, Star Trekky, yeah, you can yeah. handle. Like, I like sci-fi, but I'm not a big fan of sci-fi comedy. I don't think those yeah. genres work well. But this is the film for you. But if you like both yeah. of those things, you like comedy films and sci-fi films, this is like the ultimate. And if you like Star Trek, there's definitely stuff in it for you. Ticks all the boxes. But for me, not my favourite. So the next one um, is Charlie's Angels. Yeah. Which... So we've got Green Mile. Yeah. Uh, Galaxy Quest and Charlie's Angels on the bounce. And these were all big films yeah. when they came out. I had never watched Charlie's Angels. I had. So you watched this uh, without me. I... Don't, didn't need to refresh. Oh, hang on a moment. You were going away for the weekend. <laughs> and I said, are there any of these Sam Rockwell films that you've already seen and don't need to watch again, but you think I should watch? Yeah. And this was one of them. You said, oh, I said, should I watch Charlie's Angels? Yeah. I know it was a big film. And you're like, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> and um, why did you do this to me? <laughs> I think it's just a cornerstone of Sam's career that you needed to witness. It is a real product. Well, it came out in 2000 and it is a real product of that transitional time. Yeah. Like everything about it, like the, the clothes and the, yeah, I don't know, every, everything is so of that era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like sex appeal, spy women. Like, yeah. I like don't know. weird, crazy kind of lackluster effects. It's really weird that like, because all three of them you don't really hear from at all anymore. Mm. But to think of like they were like the big three like oh yeah it was girls like... in Hollywood at the time and it's Drew Barrymore, Lucy Liu, and Cameron Diaz yeah um mm. who are like yeah they're alright like I can watch they're they're all winning like good films mm. but um yeah, it's a, it's a real cheese fest but it leans into that cheese fest like it knows it's cheesy that's kind of why it's part of it I did enjoy I was like laughing at the audacity of it yeah. Uh, but it was it's silly bonkers and I, they got Bill Murray going around with him for a lot of the film mm-hmm. I knew he was in it but I didn't realise he was going to be in it that much he's yeah. like hanging around with the angels See, and they're like oh like Bosley <laughs> yeah <laughs> but Sam's character he sort of plays the villainish he's yeah. like getting it on with one of the angels 
um, but he's really double-crossing them and you can mm. see it coming a million miles away yeah but he does dance in it mm-hmm. and I want to point out that he does some amazing dancing during the credits okay you know when sometimes they play clips of them filming or like blooper reels and stuff oh, yeah. during credits that was a very like of that era 2000 yeah. yeah people like watching these offcuts so they put them add, in, add things in the yeah, end put them in the trailers so there's him dancing in the tra- in the credits it's yeah. fantastic he oh, does really? the really good jump in the air landing right down on the split oh, spin Lord. around like yeah one of my least favorite films I watched but one of the best dancers I feel like this is when he was like super at his prime in terms of like dancing and stuff <laughs> right they realised he was a great dancer yeah he did say, like, there's a little, like, fun fact that he used to, like, try and break dance when he was younger and stuff, so... Oh, really? I think that, like, carried through. Um, but it's sort of become, like, his, a trope of his, which I love. Yeah. I, I If I see him come up in a film, I'm almost, like, expecting him to dance. Mm-hmm. I'm like, when's the dancing coming? Yeah, it's so fun. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So moving on to... Um, There's a few that we didn't watch here in a row. Yeah. The next one that... So we talked about Confessions of a Dangerous Mind already. Mm-hmm. Um, which... So you can see um, the sort of trajectories taken here in terms of, okay, small rolling... Green Mile, hmm. Galaxy Quest. It's like a, again these and Charlie's Angels. Supporting. All of these have like a a fun supporting role that's very charismatic, hmm. and I think people really got to notice him. It, despite like Galaxy Quest and Charlie's Angels being like silly comedies, yeah, completely different from each other, but they're both still silly wildly comedies. popular. They're really popular, and he plays really fun characters in both. And then he plays a psychopath in Green Mars. So you've got these like fun big side characters, mm. and then you really like sort of showing his, um, you know, variety yeah. in his performances. Yeah. So then you get Confession of a Dangerous Mind. So he's suddenly getting like a lead role, mm. and like 
smashes it. Yeah. Uh, but we talked about that. The next, after that, he was cast in uh, Matchstick Men alongside mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Which is, I really, I don't know. I think when I watched this film, it like left me, I guess I was a bit frustrated by it, but I think like that was a good thing. Okay. Because just watching like um, Nicolas Cage's character who has like severe OCD really bothered me when I was watching it and I felt it uncomfortable to watch him sort of like struggle throughout the entire film with like tics and like obsessive behavior and stuff. But I don't think that was necessarily a bad thing. No, this is one of them things, little tangentially, but Mm -hmm. Nicolas Cage is an actor that a lot of people are fascinated by. Yeah. And he has been in some awful films and some fantastic films, but mm. he always gives it his all and always gives an interesting performance. Yeah. This quite is in a hypnotic one. way. And I he's pretty great in this. Yeah. He's very good at playing these like neurotic characters. We yeah. talked about a bit of an adaptation. Yeah. And uh he was he was really good in this. Yeah. Um but he works with Sam Rockwell's character, they're con men. Yeah, they're con men. Like um, you know, business partners and they do cons together and um, yeah, like Sam's more the sort of straight. Charismatic, a little bit more charismatic. Yeah. And he sort of lives more for the con. Mm. I think Nicholas mas- Cage's character wants to pack it in at some point. Yeah, but he's definitely the mastermind behind them. Like, I think, like figuring out. Oh, Nicholas the- Cage. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, like a pro. Yeah. And he wants to get out eventually. Mm. And Sam Rockwell, but he's too neurotic to like keep it yeah. all together himself yeah. so he's got Sam Rockwell's character who's more sort Man- of sharp and he like manages yeah. like the situations where yeah. it could I don't know like they work they like sort of cover each other's weaknesses yeah and they work really well together yeah and it's fun watching them do their cons I actually yeah. wanted a little bit more of that because mm. the the main plot of the story is Nicolas Cage his character he has a daughter which comes onto the scene yeah and um, and it's sort of the, the relationship he's building with her mm-hmm so Sam Rockwell isn't in it as much. You think he's going to be a main character, and he is, but he's not actually got that much yeah, screen time, quite really. Yeah, like long periods of time where he's not, um, you don't see him for quite a yeah. while. Um, and it's not necessarily as like big a performance as he normally gives. Mm. It's quite like an understated performance. Yeah. Um, you'd be used to seeing him play more like big characters, mm. and that's what he likes doing. And I don't, yeah. he doesn't really play like a big character in this. It's more just like a smooth con man. Mm-hmm. And he is quite, he's really no shit. Like he hasn't got time for anyone. He's very self-involved. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that's his, his character trait. Mm. He's very unsympathetic. Yeah, it's a really great watch. Uh, yeah, it's a really it's a really great film and like unexpected uh, ending. So you should definitely um, check it out. It's, um, yeah, it's a Ridley Scott film. And actually this is one, whenever I mention Sam Rockwell to people, mm. they go, oh yeah, he's brilliant. And they'll like say some films. And this one always comes up. They go, oh, Matchstick Man was so good. Mm. And it's, I'd never got around to watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned Tiss earlier. Tiss always mentions this film. He loves this yeah. film. So I was really looking forward to finally sitting down and watching this film. And I really did enjoy it. But it was a little bit different to what I was expecting from it. Yeah. But I did really enjoy it still. Mm. Yeah. Um... Then you watched... Um... Well, this is the weekend that you went away and I said, what should I watch? You said Charlie's Angels. Yeah. And this was the other one. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, which I had never seen till now. Yeah. What did you think? Hmm. I'd seen it before many years ago. So it came out in 2005 and I probably saw it like a couple of years after it came out. So again, 
like Galaxy Quest. Yeah. It's like wacky comedy sci-fi stuff. Yeah. Which I'm not the biggest fan of. Yeah. But it was all right. I did find it a bit meandering. Yeah. Like the plot. I just, I'm not a big fan of films where the plot just sort of like, and then they went there and then they mm. went there and then they went there. And then- If I remember rightly, like I've read some of the books a very long time ago, so forgive me, but I think they sort of amalgamated quite a lot of yeah. things from several of the books into I've, this film. I've never read the books and they're not really my thing either, but just from what I knew about the books, yeah. I could tell that they had pulled things in from yeah. different volumes Which in the series. Which always, always makes a film worse off for yeah, doing that. Like every single film that follows like a written story or a comic book or whatever and then they just like pick and choose bits from all over the timeline and mm. stuff just is really detrimental to the whole film. So I didn't realise before I watched this that um, Sam Rockwell had such a big part in this. Yeah. I thought it was a really small part and it was mainly just, you know, Martin Freeman. Yeah. But no, it's a big part. He's like one of the main characters yeah. in it. He plays um, Zafford, Zafford Beevil Brocks. Yeah. Again, like these silly sci-fi names I can't be doing. I love sci-fi, but <laughs> wacky sci-fi I can't yeah. do. This get boring you? Why don't you talk to me instead? I'm from a different planet. <laughs> it's true. You want to see my spaceship? Yeah, and he's sort of got... He's a real sort of bumbling fool, basically. Right, yeah. And uh, he's got like a face in his neck yeah. that sometimes takes control of him, so his head will go back and then his face will come out of his neck. Yeah, it's like a split personality. Yeah, like he's like divide, he's, manifestation he, of a... Yeah, he does it intentionally. He divides his personality mm. up. Yeah. And he's just um, macking on Zoe Deschanel, Deschanel's character in it the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just a, he's just an idiot, basically. He plays a big fool. Yeah. And it's his ship that they're on. He's like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I, I sort of did zone in and out of it a bit. Mm. The main thing I took away from it, um, as the film, not from Sam Rockwell's character, is that the intro music, mm. um, So Long and Thanks for All the Fish... I had that in my head for a few days after I watched it and I couldn't think why. And I was like, it reminds me of something, it reminds me of something. And then I don't know if this is a known thing, but to me, that was just Avril Lavigne. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the song's complicated. Probably. I don't know if anyway, that's a known, yeah. That song, it's just a complete rip off of that song. <laughs> I'm going to play a little bit of them side by side right now. So sad that it should come to this We try to warn you all But oh dear You may not share our intellect Which might explain your disrespect For all the natural wonders That grow around you So long, so long and thanks For all of this Chill out What she yelling for Lay back It's all been done before And if <laughs> Am I crazy? Are they the same song? I don't know if that's intentional. I looked it up online and I couldn't see anyone talking about it. But yeah, um, yeah that, that was the main thing I took away from that film. Mm. But yeah, Hitchhiker's not a lot to say on it. Not, not really my thing. We've seen, we didn't watch it um, recently, but we have seen um, like the, this other big film, uh, The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, which came out in 2007. Yeah, love that film. It's really good. Love the title. I, love, I know people take the piss out of how long and bland that title is, but I love it. Mm. Basically tells you the whole story in the name. 
Yeah. Um, but he Love plays he plays Robert Ford's brother. Mm. He's like the brother Ford. Yeah. Um, but it's a great film. Like I think this is a really overlooked film. Mm. Um, it's got some big names in it. Well, Brad Pitt's sort of the main role. Yeah. And it's um, who's who's Robert Ford in it. Casey Affleck. Casey Affleck, that's yeah. it. It's Casey Affleck and Brad Pitt are the mm-hmm. sort of leads, and um, he plays Casey's brother. Yeah, and uh, Jeremy Renner's in it as well. Yeah, Jeremy Renner and and um, Sam Rockwell and Jeremy Renner actually mm-hmm. get on quite well in real life. I think Sam Rockwell always has like I've seen so many things where he like praises him. He like really likes Jeremy oh, Renner. He's like cool. he's a real like really down to earth guy, mm-hmm. not like pretentious guy. Yeah, like a lot of people I meet in Hollywood are jerks, but he's just like. You'll find him in the bar around the corner from where they're filming, like having a whiskey after and stuff like that. He's really down to earth. I think yeah. Sam Rockwell has a lot of admiration for Jeremy Renner from mm, what I've heard. And they, cool. and they got on quite well. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a really great film. I guess we'll just touch on it because I haven't seen it for a while. But, um, yeah, I really, I really liked it. Yeah, it's not one we rewatched, um, but I got nothing but good things to say about the film. I think it's a mm. really overlooked film, really underrated film. Sam's yeah. great in it. And the rest of the, like, the whole cast is great. Mm. Next big um, thing Sam appeared in. Uh, well, hang on a sec. Before we move on, we've actually skipped over one that I watched. Oh, okay. So. Um, the Devil's Child was the film that came out before that. Right. Which was, I think it was re-released as The Devil's Child because it was Joshua oh, yeah. originally. Yeah. And um, I was interested in watching it because I was like, oh, it's a horror film. Sam Rockwell, that's a bit odd. And he stars alongside uh, Vera Farmiga, who I, I like her quite a lot. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I watched that and I sort of put it forward to you and you said, no, thanks. Yeah, it's not my jam. It's, a, you've, it's about like a creepy kid and you weren't too keen on creepy kid films. Mm. So I watched that about you and... It wasn't what I was expecting. Mm. And I think sometimes when you go into a film and it's not what you're ready to watch, you can sort of bounce off it a little bit. I found found myself really distracted. You don't have like an affinity with it if it's not quite what you're expecting to see. Yeah, I wouldn't Mm. say it's a straight up horror film. Right. It's not really... It's definitely an interesting film. I think in the right frame of mind, I would have been like, oh, it was fantastic. Mm. But in the frame of mind I was in and what I was expecting to watch didn't match up. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't, it didn't really do it for me. It reminded me of if people like the more like psychological, like A24 films that come out mm. when they lean on the more psychological, like spook, spooky films, mm. um, it has that sort of tone to it. Right. So I think for the right person, this is a masterpiece. And when I looked at the reviews afterwards, they're lit, they're wildly sort of one star. This is so boring. This is nothing happens. And then this Polar. is an underrated, fantastic masterpiece and people right. don't get it. Okay. And it is about this just like the kid is really good as well. And our child actors can be annoying. Mm-hmm. But he, and he's like the main character, this child actor. And Sam Rockwell plays the dad mm-hmm. and is a really, again, he's like the sort of the lead and struggling with this weird kid who he loves because it's his son. Mm. But the kid is odd and is really clever and is like getting jumped ahead in class, but then is sad and mm. it says odd things. And right. they have another kid and. I don't think he he likes that there's another kid in the house and things like that. Right. I don't know. I would say if you're curious, look it up and maybe give it a go. Mm. Because for the right person, this is fantastic. Yeah. But it's not a big spooky horror film like advertised. It's Mm. more psychological and very low key, very slow. Mm Mm-hmm. 
when I finished watching it, I like I didn't like it. Mm. Reflecting on it and thinking about it every day, I'm like, oh, it was actually quite good. I think I like it a bit more in retrospect. Right. So mm. that, that's uh, that's Joshua or The Devil's Child. It was released twice. That mm. never helps a film as well. Yeah. When they re-release the film and change the name. Um, but yeah, there you go. Mm. It's um, it's billed as The Devil's Child on IMDb. So yeah. if you want to check that out. Oh, but when I hunted it down, it was called Joshua. Uh, okay. And all the posters I see for it are Joshua, Joshua when you search yeah, it online. So yeah. that's why it's confusing. It's a bit like um, Edge of Tomorrow with mm. Tom Cruise. And that like kind of flopped, even though I really liked the film. But it was re-released as Live, Die, Repeat. Oh, and yeah. now people don't really know what that film's called. I don't know why. Yeah, why do they do that? It's a bit bizarre. Yeah. Um, so another then, one worth just, mentioning. Sorry, I'll just say quickly as well. The next one you didn't watch either. Right. Which is Choke. Oh, okay. Which I didn't rewatch. I watched this years oh, ago. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't rewatch it and I didn't recommend you watch it because I didn't really care for it, even though I know a lot of people do like this. Mm. Um, it's based on the book by, um, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation because he has one of those confusing names, but Chuck Polinick. Mm. Palinuk, whatever you want to I hear different pronunciations of that name mm-hmm. based on one of his books the Skyrite Fight Club basically it's about a guy who's a sex addict and um, he sort of starts getting hooked on choking and people rescuing him in, in restaurants it's a really mm-hmm. odd film and the the film I don't think really I did, it didn't do it for me like I read the book and I thought the book was alright mm. and I was like oh I'll watch the film because I saw that book I read that book and um the film wasn't as good as the book, and okay. the book wasn't amazing. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. A bit of a disappointment. Yeah, like it dis- I know, but I know people who think that's a really great film. Mm. But anyway, yeah, carry okay. on. So he does, um, he's got quite, he's got a small role in um, Frost Nixon, which came out in 2008, which was quite a big, big mm-hmm. film. Yeah, and um, that's right up your street. Yeah. Biographical. I do love it. It's a really good film. Um, it's really interesting. I love films that, like, sort of are set in. I don't know, the past, I suppose, and they do a really good way of portraying it. <laughs> well, it's, it's based on, like, the famous, like, Frost and Interview, Nixon interviews, yeah. and it's, you're watching those interviews be recreated. Yeah. And um, stuff surrounding them, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it is good. It's a good film. But he's, he's, like, Sam Rockwell's not got a huge role in that. But not a huge role. He, he's part of, like, the, the, the yeah. sort of background characters. Mm. We did watch, um, so the year after that, we watched... Um, Sorry, not the year after that. The we, the next film we watched, which came out the year after Frost Nixon, was um, The Winning Season. Which, which couldn't be more quite, different. Yeah, it's quite it's just a really fun, fun film where he is a like female basketball coach like, at school. So they, what do they call it? It's um, high, high school. Coach. Yeah, but they call it um, something. Oh, I don't know. I don't know American school Did systems. you make something? Varsity? Yeah, varsity. Oh, right. Yeah. It's just a word I hear, but I don't know what it means. Yeah. So when I was getting the films for us to watch mm. and like sort of hunting down different ones to watch and stuff, this is one I've never heard mention. Yeah. It's not highly regarded. No. But I just looked at it and thought, because I think you would admit this, mm. you sometimes like real trashy films. <laughs> more, you have more of an affinity for trashy films How than you. And I was like, Becca would like this. But it was quite a nice... Um, it's weird because, like, whenever you watch a, a actor's, like, back catalogue, normally all of the films that are really high regarded are very, like, hard-hitting films. Right. So it was quite a nice, like, respite from... The palate cleanser. Yeah, from, like, all of the other, like... He played a psycho, he played well, like a killer, he played, like, you know, like, all of these, like, crazy stuff. 
it's quite nice to throw like a curveball in there. So a little look behind the curtain for listeners. The way we sort of manage the films we're going to watch is we write down the list of all the films that we're intending to watch and the ones that we've like tracked down or whatever. Mm. And we all take it in turns on alternate nights. Mm. So I'll say, I'll have a look through the list and I'll sort of pick two or three films and say this one, this one or this one. And then Becca will choose out of the selection. And the next night she'll go, okay, this one, this one, or this one. And Mm -hmm. then I'll pick. So we sort of take it in turns and we both have a bit of a say in which film we watch. Yeah. But this one, I was like, okay, we'll watch any film you want. It's your birthday. Because it's Becca's birthday a couple (laughs) weeks ago. And it was the winning season. This was the film you wanted on your birthday. So fun. (laughs) And you liked it. You really liked it. I mean, it... It's not a great film, but it was just fun. I mean, you could say it was a bad film. (laughs) Really. (laughs) He's a play, he's an alcoholic as well, isn't it? Mm. That's the other thing. Yeah, he's like a, like Sam Rockwell's character plays sort of like an aspiring. He was an aspiring basketball player, and then he sort of um, is now like a bit washed up. He's a bit of an alcoholic. Yeah. Like, and he already got fired for being a coach before. He was a coach, yeah, and got fired, yeah. And he's offered another job, yeah. But it's like girls basketball. And and he's he, like, mm. yeah, he's like very against that idea. I think, like, I guess, uh, like sexism. Yeah, he plays, plays a, a pig. He's like yeah. a sexist drunk. Yeah, jerk. but and then he, he really bonds with his team. Yeah, yeah, he starts out being really insensitive. Because of then, course, it's a sports movie; they all have the same trajectory. You have to like redeem the main character somehow. All right, look, I, I don't know what shit you girls have between each other. I don't give a shit. I got enough shit in my own life. I got a whole universe of shit. I don't need any more of your shit. So just keep your shit off the court, okay? For someone who has no interest in sports, mm. I do actually really enjoy sports movies. Yeah. They're always like very heartwarming. They try and get you yeah. tear jerking. And- well, this film, like all the girls in it who play the team, they're sort of a ragtag bunch of like different skills and abilities and backgrounds and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. And that he sort of like pulls them all together to become like a, su- a successful team. Yeah. Um, which is, it's just like really nice. It's like kind of heartwarming. Yeah. So yeah, it's a good film. It's quite funny. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be my favourites, but... Does he dance in it? Yeah, of course he, he does. does. He dresses yeah. up as the mascot. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> Which is worth a watch. Yeah. <laughs> For nothing else. <laughs> Just uh, a bit of dancing. And then there's Moon, which is the same year, came out in 2009, but we've already touched on that. <laughs> How different could they be for the same year? I know. Year? Crazy. Um... What's next? Iron Man oh, 2. Oh, Iron Man 2, yeah, yeah. 2010. So he did get a role in the MCU. Yeah. As uh, Justin Hammer, who is sort of, you know, a real rival to Tony Stark mm. in the comics and in the film. Yeah. Um, if you know your, your comic book stuff. Mm. Uh, he's like a quite a major character in the comics, but they brought him into that film. Um, he sort of plays the villain. Yeah, he's sort of the villain of that film. And he's, you know, creating weaponries. Trying mm-hmm. to go up, get up against Stark Industries, or whatever, mm-hmm. but he um, it was like, I suppose the juxtaposition between him and Stark is like his his morals quite low. Yeah, he's like a bad yeah. Tony. Yeah, and he's making like Hammer Tech instead of Stark Tech and stuff yeah. like that. And he makes uh, like all the all these like sentries and stuff. No, hmm? does he do Hammer Tech? No, but he does dance <laughs> he does on stage dance. at the presentation. Yeah. Um, that's when you type in like Sam Rockwell dancing, that's, that's always the, the bit that comes up, him dancing on stage. So good. Because he's like a really, he's like the opposite to Tony Stark, whereas Tony Stark's naturally charismatic showman. Yeah. And when he comes on stage, it's like rounds of applause and stuff. He comes on stage and sort of overdoes it. And yeah. he does like a stupid dance and the crowd doesn't really respond. Yeah. Drops clangers and things. Ladies and gentlemen, for far too long, this country has had to place its brave men and women in harm's way. But then the Iron Man arrived. 
and we thought the days of losing lives were behind us. Sadly, that technology was kept out of reach. That's not fair, that's not right, and it's just too bad. Regardless, it was an impressive innovation, one that grabbed headlines the world over. Well, today, my friends, the press is faced with quite a different problem. They are about to run out of ink. He's a really fun character. I will say Iron Man 2 is probably my least favorite of the Marvel films. Right. But Of all of the Marvel films, yeah. not just the Iron Man trilogy. No, of all the okay. MCU, it's probably my least favorite. Right. But um, Rockwell wants to come back and redeem but, that role, doesn't he? Well, that, that's the thing. I do like Sam Rockwell in it. Yeah. I, I'll always enjoy Sam Rockwell in a film, and that his character is the best part of that film. Yeah. And he has expressed interest numerous times of like, I want to come back into the MCU, I want my character yeah. to come back. Which isn't a... Uh, he doesn't die, so there's a possibility of that. Yeah, I mean, you even see him make a little brief cameo in the um, Hail to the King short they made about the Mandarin in prison. Mm. And he's like a cellmate or a prison mate to the Mandarin or whatever. Yeah. So There's options. Yeah, yeah. So be interesting mm. to see if he does come back at any point. Mm. Maybe now there's an opening for Hammertech mm. to take up somewhere. Yeah. But he has shown interest in that. But anyway. Um, okay, so the next, um, in 2011, he starred in Conviction, mm-hmm. which is really good. It's basically about a Sam Rockwell's character um, is convicted of murder. Oh, yeah, yeah. And his sister. Um, Hilary Swank. Yeah, basically believes that he's innocent and yeah. she... Like she studies law and she, you know, it takes her years and years and years. Well, all the meantime, like Sam Rockwell's character is in prison for life, for yeah. like murder. She learns law and then she um, yeah, is like she's, fighting to get him out throughout the whole film. She's that, because uh, they're really close mm. and she is so dedicated to getting mm. him cleared, his name mm. cleared, that she takes it upon herself to get a degree it's like her and basically gives up her entire life for yeah. him for years and years and years yeah. it's all the true it's a true story based on the true story yeah, yeah. Um, it's fascinating like dedication I mean as kids like growing up it shows like flashbacks and stuff they're always a bit like ragtag kids getting yeah. in a little bit of trouble and sort of like skirting yeah sort of troubled home life and, as well yeah like, yeah you know. um, but I think her conviction that he you know actually would never commit murder um, and her belief in him is quite, it's really strong. It was a bond. really interesting role for him as well. Yeah. Because he Again, is kind of a scumbag. Yeah. He is like, you, he is innocent, mm. but he's a scumbag. Yeah. So you see sympathise with him being put away, but at the same time, when you see clips of him, you're like, he's a, he is a jerk at times. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it is weird seeing him because he sort of, the, the film takes place over like a long uh, time span. Yeah. So you're seeing him like in younger makeup and older makeup. And yeah. When The way he looks when he's in prison towards the end, when he's like supposed to be a bit older, is like really different. He's really look. quite like prison weathered. Yeah, yeah. Makes any sense. Um, and he doesn't actually, Sam Rockwell's character doesn't appear in it very often. He's like yeah. obviously the main focus, but you do like dip in to him in prison and she goes to visit him. Yeah, it's the visits mainly. It's like updating him on like... And you see you know, that transition of him through his prison mm, life. She's like, don't kill yourself. I'm going to do it. Like, yeah. um, you know, stay sane sort of thing. I'm I'm fighting for you. But I hadn't heard of this film. It was really good. Yeah, yeah I, I did like it. I it really good, liked yeah. it. Yeah, and it's based on a true story. And yeah, there's a lot of um, interesting stuff. Yeah, it was good. Hey. 
I'm Officer Nancy Taylor. I need you to come with me. I'd, I'd love to, but I'm already spoken for. Where'd you get those scratches? Well, look around you, sweetheart. You see the branches? Sir, I need you to step into the patrol car. Uh, well, my grandpa needs this tree out of here. Now, Mr. Waters, put down the chainsaw. I tell you what, Buttercup, why don't you go give out some parking tickets and then come back when I'm done? How's that? I was going to say, have you got that fact about the guy? Oh, no, I'm not. It's too, too spoilery. Okay. I will say, yeah, I'm not going to say it on here, but if, you get, if you get around to watching Conviction. There's some cool facts about the actual, like, real story. There's a fascinating fact about the true story that they don't mention in the film. Mm. And normally at the end of bi- biograph- biographical films, at the end credits, you get, like, like what happened next. Yeah, it's like, and they there's something, to do this and that. There's something they don't mention. So what I would do is, if you get around to watching Conviction, mm. when you finish watching it, make sure you go on IMDb and look at the trivia. Yeah. Because there is a fascinating thing of, of something that happened to Sam Rockwell's character after the events of, of what happens in that film. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you're going to... Before we talk about Cowboys and Aliens, which I don't really... Okay, have you got anything to say about Cowboys and Aliens? Because I don't know. He's just in it, and it's kind of... um, I really have no memory of that film. I didn't rewatch it for this. No. It didn't didn't do anything for me. Um, So we'll sort of skirt over Cowboys and Aliens. Before we... It's got like a big cast, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's about it. But before we move on, I just did want to say something quickly about the Iron Man 2 dance. Mm. So that dance was improvised. Right. It wasn't in the script. It wasn't like he dances on stage. Mm-hmm. That was like an improvised thing. Um, but the director asked him to do it at the time. Right. Because it was something that he was doing to get himself into character. That little dance routine that he does when he walks on stage is what he was doing to get him into that sort of like joke. Act Hammer is a joke, joke yeah. of a character. So he was doing that sort of like ridiculous dance He's like to get into to character. Yeah, yeah, so the director was like, do that when you're walking on stage because yeah. he, he's going to be getting into character to give that speech anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Sat, like the character himself, Justin Hammer, is going to be getting into character yeah. to give a speech. Oh, yeah. So do your thing that you do to get into character as him, mm. like as you walk on stage. Yeah. And it made me wonder if that is, because it has a few of his like go-to moves in it. Mm. And I'm wondering if that dance is what he does in general to get himself into character. And a lot of directors see him do it and go, do that in the film. Uh, and that's okay. why you always see it. Right. That's that's my hypothesis. Here. Huh. Next one worth mentioning. Well, obviously, Seven Psychopaths, yep. 2012, which we touched upon earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, the Way, Way Back. I love this film. Yeah, really, really, really good film. It's really easy watching. Mm-hmm. Really enjoyable. A lot of heart. Yeah. Um, it's another like really troubled film. kid kind of film like it doesn't fit in kind of yeah. and it's um, Sam Rockwell plays like the boyfriend no he's like mom. he like work, but they're on holiday oh. and he like works at the pool or whatever yeah, yeah, the yeah. camp okay yeah sit up I need a hero I'm holding out for a hero to the end of the night he's gotta be strong and he's gotta be fast and he's gotta be fresh from the fight Anybody? Footloose, Bonnie Tyler's song, Kevin Bacon drives a tractor in a game of chicken. Nothing? Wow. How about the remake? Anybody seen the remake? All right, I need someone to throw himself down the tube and knock some kids loose. Anybody? Any volunteers? I'll do it. 
Great. Come on up here. The rest of you, you're all dead to me. So it's about this kid. Um, they go on vacation with his mom and his mom's boyfriend. Yeah, Steve Carell, isn't um, it? The boyfriend. Is it? I think I'm pretty sure I remember it's Steve Carell. Yeah, it's yeah, Steve Carell, Carell yeah. yeah. And then um, the boyfriend's daughter. So there's like the four of them, yeah. kind of like a mashup of families and stuff. But he's like a few puberty, an awkward teen yeah. kid. Yeah. Not very confident. Mm-hmm. And he befriends this... He's like, does he watch over the pool or something yeah, at the camp? So. Yeah, and Sam Rockwell's um, character is like, he sort of takes someone under his wing a bit. Yeah, he sort of busts his balls a little bit, mm. like ribs him and stuff. Yeah. But actually looks out for him. Yeah. And he's not used to having that sort of like friendship, I think. Yeah. And he really makes him come out of his shell. Like, it's like he, it's like a coming of age story, like over yeah. that summer with Sam Rockwell's character's help, he that kid gains him. some confidence yeah, and yeah. it changes him. Hmm. And it's just a very watchable, yeah. heartwarming film. Like, so I really like that film. Yeah. Yeah, me too. That's really good. So recommendation. Check out The Way Way Back. It's a really overlooked film. Yeah. You're fired. But I just... You make a valid point. Welcome back. It's benefits. Suit up. You don't look too pumped. Come on! Let's get pumped! This is the place where dreams are made, are destroyed. Depends on how you feel about working at a water park. Um, we have a situation over at Harpoon Lagoon. Is it a homicide? Yeah, it's a homicide. I knew this day would come. This is now another one, the next one, where we said name changing Mm. of a film makes people forget what the film even is. Mm. So you have Say When. Right. Which was originally released as Laggies. Yep. And so now people are like, what film is what, sorry? Mm -hmm. And... It's overlooked, but I actually quite enjoyed that film. Yeah. It, yeah, I really liked it as well. I think it appeals to a very particular... Like, we're right in the right age range for it. Like, the framing yeah. is like... Kind it's of about the, the, the phenomenon of quarter-life quarter yeah. cri- crises, um, which I think anyone sort of in their late 20s to early 30s can appreciate. You start... Questioning your yeah, life like, choices, Am I, I adult enough? Yeah. Am I not? Should I be more mature by now? Yeah. And it's about Kiara Knightley's main character in that, and she's going through like a quarter life crisis. And she befriends this like younger girl. Yeah, it's lawn dogs. Yeah, <laughs> she becomes friends of a teenage of a kid basically yeah. because they've got more in common than her and her actual friends. Yeah, yeah, and her actual her like actual friends are older, and they're like accomplished. They're like having babies, and they're like yeah. business goals. And she's just and not interested. Kind of yeah, she's really not um, into that. So she yeah befriends this younger girl, and then sort of starts up this relationship with this younger girl's dad. Mm. Um, well, she, they, they sort Rockwell's of sympathise with her because it's like they realise she's got nowhere to go. Yeah. And she's sort of like just laying low from her boyfriend and her parents and everything for a while. Yeah, her boyfriend. She just wants some space. Like proposes and she sort of like... Runs away. Yeah. Well, she tells them all it's like a work retreat thing, I think. Yeah. And then like leaves. But then, yeah, they sort of sympathise with her a bit and she ends up like moving in with them for a while. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a it's a really overlooked film again, really mm. underrated. And like yeah. a lot of people didn't like it, didn't get great reviews. But mm. I think it's a good film. It's, I really like the films where they're kind of just like a microscopic look at a social social like situation of just like this is some this is happens like this is a weird story. Like well, it's it's an I think it's an A twenty four film. Yeah, and you call them stories films. <laughs> I want to watch a stories film, which are like slice of life films. It's just like a chunk of a person's life. Yeah. That doesn't really have a big plot or a big ending or it's anything. It's not groundbreaking stuff, no. but it's just like a really interesting... Watching a period of someone's life yeah. while they're going through a transition. I, yeah. I really like those sort of slow, quiet films as mm-hmm. well. 
And um, yeah, it's it's an overlooked film, which is worth checking out. Yeah. Um, we watched also watched Better Living Through Chemistry, which came out in 2014, um, which I actually really liked. Did you? This is not a beloved film. Really? No. No, I don't. I don't see why it would be. But um, it's again, it's like a transitional thing. This this guy is um, he's a pharmacist. He works under his father-in-law. Yeah, he's like really like bound down. Yeah, and um, he's basically controlled by everyone in his life. Yeah, like his father-in-law, his wife. He's really under the thumb. He's not allowed to have his yeah. own personality. His the things he like has to mm. be the things his wife, his wife tells him that they yeah, like. Yeah, his wife's quite like. I wouldn't say she's OCD, but she's very like particular. Yeah, and, like, yeah overbearing. She's this is what we do. This is what you do. Um, and he finally sort of like breaks out of the situation with his father-in-law when his father-in-law like retires and he sort of like inherits the local pharmacy mm. business, but he's not allowed to change the name and things like that. And he's just he's a bit stuck. The main um, plot is like he he sort of finds himself having an affair yeah, with another an affair. woman, and she really opens him up to. She's a little bit in the same situation because her husband is sort of like, she's a very, she's a trophy wife, isn't she? Yeah, a little bit. Um, so she doesn't really have anything of her own. She's yeah. just sort of like on his arm as a, yeah, pretty kind of accessory. And they befriend each other, start having an affair. But she and, grows his confidence a bit. Yeah. They go out and they have fun and they have sex and stuff, which he's not having yeah. with his wife. And they do a lot of drugs do because lots he's of drugs. a pharmacist and he concocts these like yeah. hallucinogens. She for sort them. of puts that idea in his head. Like, have you ever like messed around? You know about yeah. chemicals and, yeah. and and drugs and stuff. Have you ever messed around? And yeah. he's like, no, of course not. Mm. And why not? And then they start fucking around and making weird pills. And yeah. 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 So it's, it's really good. Um, really interesting, like interplay of characters between it's like a three it's like a three or four way relationship between like his wife and the ladies having an affair with and yeah all these characters like come together i mean really i'll be honest i didn't really like it that much oh really no i, I thought, it. no it wasn't no, i didn't really like it that much mm. and for some reason it's narrated by like jane fonda yeah it's for really no weird. reason for no reason she like pops up in the pharmacy at the end yeah and it's just like <laughs> what, what was that about i didn't really get the gag but well whatever i don't know yeah that was a bit bit bizarre but it, i i liked it Hmm. yeah better living through chemistry um and we're sort of getting we're catching up now so mm. you're thrilled three billboards yeah which is when he was he won his oscar yeah his first time he was nominated and he won mm-hmm. um he did woman walks ahead which we also watched yeah that's another a24 film which is about um yeah it's about, it's this... about the woman who painted sitting yeah ball, right? so in the um 1890s she's a painter Jessica Chastain. It's Je- yeah, it's Jessica Chastain is the main character. So it? she's a portrait painter. Mm. She's living on the East Coast. So she travels to Dakota to paint. She wants to paint Sitting Bull. Um, obviously, the Indian like, chief. Yeah. yeah, an Indian chief. So obviously like a really poignant piece of American history. Yeah, and this is like inspired by true events and yeah. stuff. This is like semi-biographical. Yeah. And um, but this is another one that has like pretty stinky reviews. A lot of people don't like this film. Oh really? But I re- I enjoyed it. Mm. I did enjoy it. So what does Sam Rockwell's character do in this? He's another law. He's like a lawman. Yeah. Who? Yeah. He sort of like advises her against yeah, it the whole time. Yeah, a little bit. He's sort he sort of like don't you don't want to stir this hornet's nest all yeah. the time. You don't really want to be doing this. You're really doing this, but yeah, I guess uh, there's like a lot. And of, she like, thinks unrest. he's an absolute pig. Yeah. Well, the only stop left is Standing Rock Reservation if you're not a soldier's wife. And you're not a missionary. What other business could you possibly have? I'm a painter. A painter? Yes. A full-time painter. I guess you came out of here from New York City. Why? 
Because New York is the headquarters of the National Indian Defense Association. From time to time, they send their political agitators out west to start things up on the reservations. I guess that's closer to the truth. I just told you I'm a, a painter. Painters can be agitators too, often are. So now I'm a spy? I guess you're traveling to Standing Rock to promote opposition to the Allotment Act Treaty. Sir, if I knew what the Allotment Treaty was, which I don't, probably would oppose it. Well, you sure as hell couldn't paint it. I met you two minutes ago and already you've accused me of being a spy and a liar. Again, he's playing a lawman who's a pick. Yeah. <laughs> Literally on the bounce, three billboards and, and women walks ahead were like back to back. Yeah. But this was a really overlooked film and mm. I, I did like it. But I like Jessica Chastain's good and yeah. Sam Rockwell's good. And it was just interesting to mm-hmm. see a film sat in that era yeah. as well and, and her relationship with like the tribe mm-hmm. and the chief is yeah. really good. Like the like, interaction between her and the chief are really good. I really like Obviously the portrait like actually exists. Yes, it's, a real it's based thing. on a real portrait. So getting the, I'm assuming presumed history of the painting is really interesting. Yeah. Um, which was cool. So if you like historical kind of dramas, that's one to watch. Yeah. Uh, it's another overlooked one. Hopefully, like, I know mm-hmm. we've had a lot of messages from people who say, like, from listening to the podcast, it make them want to list, uh, makes them want to watch films they haven't seen mm. or heard of before. So hopefully, I think there's quite a few on here that we've recommended that are quite under the radar. Yeah. Um, like things like Box of Moonlight or... Yeah. Um, or way way back, or uh, say when, which mm. is you're going to find up be hard to find because it is sometimes it's laggies and sometimes it's say yeah. when. But those films, hopefully, like some of you check those out because there's some really good films. And One Walks Ahead is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, then we've got um, it says I just want to quickly briefly mention Mute because right. that's another film that a lot of people hated, and I I watched it and I get why. That's um, same guy that did Moon. That's right. Duncan Jones' film, mm-hmm. and he's uncredited in that, but he does show up as his character from Moon in oh, okay. it as like a brief little cameo. Oh, well, that's cool. That's a cool Easter egg. Yeah, it's got um, Justin Theroux in it. It's like a paedophile, which is, and it's pretty gross. Uh, but that's a, that's a weird film. Like a mute is, I get why it's so hated. It's a lot of uncomfortable stuff in it. It's great cast and the direction is awesome and the look it's of it. It's uncomfortable. But it's like... just, there's uncomfortable stuff in it and it's just really slow and really yeah. weird. And Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I guess next is Vice. And then Vice, oh, we got which was two more we'll talk for about him because yeah. he played um, George Bush, George yeah. W. Bush. Again, he was, and he was nominated for this. Mm. Nominated for best supporting actor. Yeah. Um, Big personality in a supporting role. So listen, I got a lack of experience problem in the polls, and uh, you one of those experienced guys around. You wanna jump on board, be my vice? I'm honored. Don't be honored. Fucking say yes, Mr. Brastak. I mean, he was fantastic as George Bush. He really was. He like, was so good. Me. Really funny. Yeah. But that is my issue with that film as a whole. Yeah. So I'm going to say oh, I really didn't like Vice. Mm, really didn't no. like it. And not... Didn't resonate for politi- with me. Not for political reasons. I don't want to get into politics on the podcast. That's boring. Um, I actually sympathize with the politics involved I just thought it was a badly made film mm. it was like someone who has ADHD when it comes to editing and won't stick to one lane and won't stick to one tone and some of it was like just ugly yeah um, ugly political arguing like childish and yeah it was full of actors I really like yeah giving amazing performances in a film I couldn't it was like the post like editing I think didn't do it justice yeah I just thought some of the st- some of the arguments and things it took, stances it took were childish. And I just, the film as a whole, I'm not a fan of Vice at all. Mm. But Christian Bale, Amy Adams, Steve Carell, Sam Rockwell, 
were all amazing so good in it yeah yeah I, I just unfortunately didn't like the film mm. so i didn't really have anything else to say about vice he was nominated didn't win mm. people seem to like the film but yeah. i can't stand it we also watched um 2019 the best of enemies yeah so this is the this came out this year this is the newest one we watched mm, it was really good you like this one yeah i did like it this again. is a bit divisive again <laughs> he plays like a um he plays like the head of a local kkk like um group i suppose yeah yeah it. he's like the leader of the Clue kkk Clark's group fan. and uh yeah 19 it's set in 1971 in um durham in north carolina and the issue basically the set in the time of like segregation in yeah. that area and the um local school is burnt down so the mm-hmm. kids have to integrate well it's um, the that's the black school that burns down yeah the black school so burns it's the down. school which has all the black kids in and then they have this whole debate of whether they're going to integrate them with the into the school the, which is segregated for white kids yeah and they have um sort of these talks that are mm. sort of made up of half like white people from the community and half black people from the community. Mm-hmm. But to shake up a bit, they thought it'd be interesting to have the head of the KKK on the white side because it's like they want like a fair yeah. input of people's voices. And, yeah, there's another, there's and like he, a... He butts heads against like um, sort mm. of the main woman who's sort of in charge of like the, the black side of that argument. Yeah. Who's very outspoken. She's like a big um, part of the community, isn't she? Yeah, She's like yeah. a spokesperson for the community. Yeah. Um, so you've got these sort of two big characters butting heads yeah and it is biographical it's all a true story Mm -hmm. and it was really sort of flew under the radar i did not notice this when it came out Mm. at all no i know yeah i just sort of looked up what was his newest film have i seen his newest film and it was like oh it's this so tracked it down and i i did like it i did actually like it and it's really so it takes place over like the two weeks so what do they call it a um i can't remember a charrette a charrette so um yeah, the the local council basically, if they make a decision either way, they're going to look like bad. So they put it in the hands of the public. It's public, sort of like a random yeah. vote. So yeah, so um, it's really interesting. It's like two weeks of talks and yeah, like, it's quite slow because like you're just watching people talk and discuss. Yeah, but, but it's really like picking apart like racism and the issues that they have in the well, community. It, you like biographical films, and you said you find films about like race, race relations in that era really interesting. Yeah. Anyway, so it was it was an interesting film. Mm. It was a bit. I mean, sometimes I don't like watching actors I like playing like real shitheads. We talked yeah. about this on on the Tom Hanks one. Yeah, when he plays a villain, I don't like it. Yeah. So seeing Sam Rockwell play like a KKK leader, be like a racist guy. shithead, I yeah. was like, oh no, it's a bit <laughs> Sam. But yeah, yeah, it was a good film though. He does play it really well. Yeah. They say you represent a great many people in this town. Hit me right about that. I'm holding a committee meeting. The council will vote to either adopt or reject school integration. I need two co-chairs. You and Ann Atwater. Ann Atwater. I'm the president of the Klan. He's about to hand you the keys to school integration, and you're going to lock the door. You did. Would you look at that crazy white man? Folks in this town want blacks to stay in their own schools. I'm here to protect my family. So all the better if you don't get in my way. Well, I'm going to get in your way. So, um, um, yeah, if you if you like that sort of thing, check it out. Mm. Um, and that's that's up to date with Sam. The next thing he's in is Jojo Rabbit, which I'm really looking forward to seeing. Yeah. It's the new um, Taika Waititi film. Mm-hmm. And that has a great cast in it. He's got a lot sort of like 
filming in post-production at the moment. So I think there's a lot, yeah. uh, a lot that he's involved in at the moment. Well, Jojo Rabbit's actually out this year. Oh, cool. So I really, I hope that's good. Like uh, Tiger hasn't like had a duffer yet. So yeah. Yeah. Excited for that. Yeah. But yeah, so let's um, let's Let's go for our favourites. Yeah, okay. Okay, cool. So do you want to go ahead? So what's your top four favourites, Sam? Your personal top four favourites? Do you want me to go first? Yeah, Sam Rockwell. Well, I chose him, so first fair. Okay, so I think my top four, and these are in no particular order, Mm. are um, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Right. Moon. Mm Mm-hmm. Box of Moonlight. Mm Mm-hmm. And The Way, Way Back. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to choose that one. Yeah, I almost did. They're my four. And I, that wasn't, it wasn't that hard for me to choose those, actually. Yeah. I thought I was going to have a lot more trouble, but I just sat down and, you know, obviously you can change mind day to day. Yeah, But yeah. I just sat there and was just like, bash, just You're fond of wrote those four down. Just then. Mm-hmm. Going through the filmography like we do, like, helps me. Mm-hmm. Just by the end of it, I'm like, what are the ones that are sticking in my head by yeah. the time we've gone through it? I'm like, those four. yeah. So I, I cho- also choose Box of Moonlight because I think oh, really? um, Sam Rockwell and that is just really good. And he, it like encapsulates him at such like a young age, mm-hmm. like as a like fresh young actor kind of. He's been in a bit of stuff before then, but this his performance is really good. He's such a fun character. He's quite naive in it. Yeah. He's like very sympathetic. Like you think he's like brash and ballsy mm-hmm. and whatever and when you first meet him and then you sort of see his naivety yeah. in, as well. So it's quite... A good, fun mm. character, but also you're like, sympathetic yeah. to him as well. I also like him in, um, it's not a massive role, but Assassination of Jesse James. Oh, okay. I just really love that film. Right. And like, um, yeah, I really like that. Uh, and then also Say When or Laggies. Oh, okay. Loved him in that. I really like that film as well, obviously, otherwise I wouldn't put it up there, but I think his... his well, you're quite, like, you like Keira Knightley great. quite a lot as well. Yeah. So that film, like, it's like a Yeah, them like, sort of like... And I thought they were really well together, those yeah, two actors. Yeah, playing yeah, alongside each other was really good. And then um, my last one is Best of Enemies. Really? Wow, that is an yeah. interesting four. I know. Wow. So, sorry, what were they again? Box of Moonlight. Assassination of Jesse James. Say When slash Laggies, however you want to title that. And then Best of Enemies. Wow, that is... Even though really... he played... Like, his performance, that is great, even though he played a total arsehole. <laughs> That is a really interesting four. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, and so what are the ones we're saying, like, you? The, the, I will say the IMDb known for top four. Pretty That's good. a really good one. Yeah. I would, I personally would make a few slight alterations to it. Right. So let's let's get into it now, what, what we think. I think Moon should stay. Definitely. Because it's literally just Sam Rockwell. Yeah. I've um, definitely got that. I think that's just stay. The duration. Yep. Um, and he's, yeah, that's... He's really deserved that. And that film was like, like you said, like made for him basically. So um, that's staying. Um, I I would suggest um, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind because it is his leading role. Like he doesn't get many leading roles and that's Mm -hmm. a really good one. Yeah, I agree. So I really like that. I'm keeping Seven Psychopaths as well. Really? I I wasn't going to consider that one. Oh, okay. I was going to consider leaving Three Billboards, even though I'm not a big fan, just because it's like... He fucking won the Oscar for this. Like, watch his Oscar-winning performance. Right, okay. Yeah, it's tough, though, but I think he's um, a bigger character in Seven Psychopaths. Than okay, I've got a couple here which I'm going to put forward. Right. Um, one, Matchstick Man. Okay. Maybe, because it's just... 
him and, and Nicolas Cage mm. were an interesting double act. And it's a, like a Ridley Scott movie. It's yeah. really well respected. Like everyone mm-hmm. sort of, I know, seems to like that film quite mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Um, so maybe that one. And I'm thinking even though it's a very small role. Mm-hmm. Green Mile. Right. Because I think it's the first place a lot of people saw him because it's such a big mm-hmm. side character and he's okay. such like a big, crazy, memorable character yeah. in it. So they're sort of my suggestions mm-hmm. for top four, but I'd like to hear your okay. arguments for So you. my other one, except for, so I've got Moon, Seven Psychopaths and Confessions, mm-hmm. and then the other one I would throw in there would be Best of Enemies. Because, right. yeah, he is, he, it's a big role for him, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, he does, he plays it really, really well. It's a more recent one because like a lot, Okay, so yeah, three billboards is on there. It's twenty seventeen, but I don't know. I throw that one in the ring. Mm. I'm not sure about best of enemies. Okay. Yeah. Right. So what are we going for then? Okay. So what are you saying then? Take out seven psychopaths and put in. Well, I, I no, I think seven psychopaths is like possible. Mm. I could potentially consider that. Yeah. Right. I would say no to best of enemies. Okay. We'd definitely say moon and confessions. Yeah. So then it's sort of what are the other two going to be? And it's out of seven psychopaths, three billboards, Majestic Men, and Green Mile. Yeah, it's really hard, isn't it? Because I would put Green Mile in, but his role's tiny. But I think it has a big presence over that film. And then Matchstick Man is great, but again, he isn't in it for I would say that's more more Nick Cage as well. Yeah, exactly. It's weird because I'm saying, well, that's more Nick Cage, but then I'm batting for Green Mile, even (laughs) though that's just like, it's all like, you know, Tom Hanks. Actually, are his known for's... Pretty sum him up pretty well as an actor. Oh, like yeah, actually realizing we're coming down on the side of what's on IMDb at the moment. Yeah, like, maybe we don't need to change these ones. I think they're pretty accurate. Maybe let's just do it. Yeah, yeah, let's just stick with IMDb. Stick, stick with what in. it says. Mm. It's a good range of characters. Yeah, I mean, Moon is a fantastic one man yeah. show. Confessions shows he can be a lead, like have a lead role, and he, mm. he's alongside. It's a great cast: him, Julia Roberts, Drew Barrymore, George one of Cooney. his like breakout lead roles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Seven Psychopaths, that's a bit more marmite Like, mm. um, it's enjoyable, but it's, a li- it's it verges on the side of wacky. But mm. the, the character interactions between him, Colin Farrell, Christopher Walken, really fun. Mm-hmm. And he has a big part in that. It's quite yeah. a big role. Mm. And Three Billboards, not my favourite, but check Support. out his Oscar-winning film because some yeah. people fucking love that film and you yeah. might be one of them. Cool. So, you know, like we said, other ones that you might want to check out alongside those – Definitely Green Mile if you've never seen it, but I think yeah. everyone's seen Green Mile. Mm-hmm. Matchstick Men, great. Yeah. Um, for me personally, the ones we both said Box of Moonlight. Box of Moonlight, yeah. We both said that, so that obviously had left an impression. And that's one of his very first films. So way way back. Really way way good. back, love that film. Uh, say when. Becca Laggies. really likes Say When. Yeah. Or Laggies, whatever you want to call best it. Best of Enemies. And you like Best of Enemies? Yeah. Yeah, I don't like. I really didn't like that as much as you. But is it because he played like a shit character, like a shit? Maybe, maybe I just. I don't know. There was others that I liked more. I didn't dislike it. It was like somewhere in the middle for me, that film. Okay, cool. But yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Good good selection. Mm -hmm. And we are just going on the side of like, just stick, IMDb have got it pretty spot on there. Like, just stick with it. I would agree with that. I mean, I will say, you know, we say that the the known for does change. Yeah. I have seen Matchstick Men come into that known for. Okay. A few times. Mm -hmm. Well, during the time we've looked. But Moon always stays in there. Yeah. Moon is like the one. I would say Moon and Confessions. Mm. They're your two. Like, check those two out if you haven't seen either of them. They are the two. But um, what have we got coming up next episode? So, Kate Blanchett, which was the second one of my choices. Mm -hmm. Um, So, we're in the middle of watching loads of her films at the moment, which is really cool. And her top four seems to change quite a bit. So, at the moment, it's showing Carol, Mm -hmm. which we watched already. 
um, Elizabeth, which oh, we haven't okay. yet watched. Blue Jasmine, yeah, which we've also watched, mm. and The Aviator, okay, which is the the Leo DiCaprio mm-hmm. bi- biography. So when I wrote film. this down a couple of weeks ago, uh, Lord of the Rings was in there. Oh, was instead it instead of Elizabeth? Interesting. So. so it does move around, but yeah. at the moment they're the top four, and we've watched Carol and Blue Jasmine out of them so far. Yeah, and uh, watched a few others. We've only watched a few, but really enjoying Seen those Lord films. Seen Lord of the Rings. Seen Lord of the Rings before. Yeah. Seen a few of them before. I, I will say that I doubt that Kate Blanchett's going to be out in two weeks. Right, there's a lot to go. Yeah, and we there's a lot, a lot that see. we want to watch. We don't want to like just skimp over films. Yeah, if we want to watch them. Mm. So I think we sort of discussed this the other day. So I think going forward, known for may not always be fortnightly. Mm. I think to make sure we give the actors the sort of scope we want to give them. Yeah, I'd rather put out like quality. Yeah. And like seeing what we want to see of each actor and stuff. So I think what we're going to do is say this is going to be out whenever we've recorded it yeah but that doesn't mean like a lot of podcasts say that and when they say that it just means they give up on the show and you get like two episodes a year Mm. no we're always working on the next episode yeah and we will guarantee there'll always be at least one a month you might get two a month there might be one every two weeks occasionally if there's not like as much for us to watch or whatever yeah but you know people with these big back catalogs that we really want to watch through like the big hits of them may take a lot longer to get through so i'd say Kate blanchett's coming up it's probably not going to be done in the next two weeks but there's always, we're always going to be working on the next one. So I think, unlike my other podcasts where I'm pretty regulated when they come out, Known For is going to be like, oh, when it's done, it's done. Because I do, don't want to give anyone like a short shrift on it. Mm, yeah. And we sort of spoke about this the other day, and I think we both agreed. Mm. Plus, we're going on holiday for two weeks next month. So that's really going to throw things out of whack. Um, yeah. And I, I don't really want to ruin my holiday thinking about podcasts. So. Hopefully, we'll get something scheduled. Yeah. Cool. Um, do you want me to give out my next choice we always yeah, like to give a few in advance so, so we've got Kate Blanchett next yeah and then we've got um Lawrence Fishburne Lawrence was, Fishburne was my actor choice for next Which you announced and yeah. my next actress choice right which um I've had in dun, mind dun, dun, dun. since the beginning and we've actually mentioned her a few times on this podcast oh my gosh is Sigourney Weaver whoa cool oh that's really cool so uh, that's what we've got coming up next. So if you've, you might have time to get any Kate Blanchett ones that you want us to check out in recommendations wise, get them in now. Mm. You've definitely got time to suggest um, Lawrence, Fishburne Lawrence Fishburne and now Sigourney Weaver. And Sigourney Weaver. So if there's any that you really think we should check out, hidden gems, ones that you really like, mm. suggest them. Suggest them. And let us know what your top fours are for Sam Rockwell as well. We're always interested to see which ones you like or if we missed any that you think we should have watched. Mm-hmm. Cool. So if you want to get in contact with us to do that, it's uh, what's the email address? Knownforpod at gmail.com. That's knownforpod at gmail.com. We can um, do that through the website. Okay, is that known, up? Knownforpod.com. Can you contact through the website now? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so if you go to knownforpod.com, you can also contact through that. If you want a bonus episode every month of uh, me and Becca talking about our top fours for whatever that category is that we give it mm-hmm. that month. So this so month Pixar. It, we did Pixar last month. This month, this month it was a poll. Yeah. Uh, it was either going to be the Marvel Cinematic Universe or uh, Quentin Tarantino's back catalogue, mm-hmm. and uh, Tarantino won by a, by a hair, by two votes. Yeah. So if so, you yeah, if you sub- support on Patreon, you can vote. You can vote, and you can listen to those extra podcasts. So mm-hmm. this month we're going to be putting out our four and, four and one more, so it's our top four and one um, mm-hmm. honourable mention, and we're going to be doing Quentin Tarantino's back mm-hmm. catalogue. And you can find the Patreon link on that website as well. So if you head to uh, knownforpod.com, there's a button. Yeah. Check or out the Patreon. 
or it's uh, patreon.com slash Bob Shoy. That's B-O-B-S-H-O-Y. It's under my name because it also you also get stuff uh, related to my other podcasts. If you listen to Weird Tales and the Unexplainable, mm. which I host with Beef and Tiss, there's um, extra episodes of that that go up on there. And also my folklore podcast, uh, Five Minute Folklore. It's a storytelling podcast. You get a, a bonus mini uh, folklore story on there once a month as well. So for $5 a month, that helps. Quite a lot of content. You get four extra cachos. Um and you help support all the free content as well. Um, and yeah. you can actually support for as little as $1 a month. And for $1, you get to vote and, and just support the shows in general. So, mm. you know, your support really appreciated. Helps all the free shows keep going and keep being free. And there's extra free content involved. Extra in goodies. Well. Extra goodies. I always say extra out. free content, but it's not free. You're paying for it. Yeah. Just extra. extra goodies. And I think all the bonus shows are really good as well. Yeah, People we've had some like cool feedback from them. Yeah. Uh, and finally, just thanks to everyone who's given us feedback on this show. Yeah. Because we've had some really great feedback. Everyone Thanks, who's got in guys. contact seems to like it. Got some good reviews coming up on iTunes. We are a new show. So to get noticed, if you have just a few spare minutes to go on to like the Apple Podcasts mm. and give a rating it and a review. It does help a lot. Really, really helps. Mm. Um, so yeah, just consider taking like five minutes out of your day to do that mm-hmm. to help us out. Cool. So yeah. Right, yeah. Next time, Clay Blanchett. Yes, exciting. So uh, I think maybe we'll go and watch one of those movies this afternoon. Yeah, cool. Okay, so thanks uh, thanks for listening. See you. Bye-bye. You're all dead to me. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.